Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio and on Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guys Q and Tevin in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori. And what do you guys want to talk about this week? Man, uh, it was kind of a crazy week in the, coming from like the NFL and the sports world in general. Um, for me, I think the one thing that stood out was kind of seeing college football get back and really the game's kicking off and, and looking good with no fans. For them to go from we're going to cancel the season to now we're going to play with fans in the stands and really have no hiccups, like it felt like normal as is college football. So that was good to, to see, at least for me. What are you thinking, Q? I think the same. You know, it's like it's a it's a different atmosphere, you know, at least from a mental perspective when you're – you're just looking at things like, okay, we don't have sports. Okay, now we do have sports and we don't have fans. Like, we're moving closer in the right direction. And, you know, it's it's fun. You know, we need something else to do and watch on Saturdays, man. College football, I couldn't imagine, you know, uh, a fall without it. Yeah. And you know, our, our NBA team's already practicing for next year. Like, I saw, like, the Timberwolves post, like, they're practicing. There wasn't, like, there was no cat in D-Lo, it looked like. And then, like, I saw, like, the Warriors had posted something about, like, Clay Thompson came back to practice or something like that. Are they already practicing for next year? They created a bubble because they said it was unfair that all the other playoff teams got to have a bubble, and they did it. So this is their time with the players. If you're better in the regular season, <laughs> you can play playoff basketball. But the Phoenix Suns got to go, so that's where they thought it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, well, there was some gray area there. Yeah. But, you know, when you were you were talking about college football, somebody I want to talk about, especially here because it's Minnesota, uh, Rashad Bateman got allowed back. Mm-hmm. And I know Rondell Moore got allowed back as well, who's with Purdue. So, for me, a, a real quick question. I don't know if you guys know it or not. Um I know these guys accepted money from agents because they're already starting to trade yep. for the pros. So what yep. do you think happened there? Do you think the NCAA was just like, you know what, give the money back and we'll uh, let you play? Or are they like, keep the money? We know you bring more did, money to our table anyways. Or Yeah, I don't, did they ask him to give the money back? Because I, I didn't hear that. I, just, I heard they just let him come back because technically, yeah, once you're – because your agent, like for people that don't know, for people that go to the draft, like they front you – all the money to train, to put you up in places, food, like they pay for everything. And then with the expectation that when you get paid in the NFL or whatever league you're in, you pay that back. So I don't think that they would make him pay it back. They probably just said, hey, these are trying times. And so rather than put our foot down, which they would have gotten absolutely destroyed for, they said, yeah, you can come back and we'll sort the rest out later. Yeah, I think I think uh, despite the circumstances, they had to kind of like at least leave that door open for players to come back because mm-hmm. they most of them left due to the decision that there wasn't a season. So it was like, yeah. you know, we can't forfeit eligibility based off the fact that we canceled the season. More so, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're giving kids an opportunity to try to reach that national championship or make it further in the you know college football playoffs than they could before, you know, or a a higher bowl game, whatever it may be. 
Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like he said, you know what, I just don't want to play and then change his mind. It was, hey, you guys are literally canceling the season, so screw this, I'm just going to go to the league. And so, yeah, and then for them, if they said, you know, you can't come back, well, now your product is going to be worse because Rashad Bateman makes the Gophers exponentially better. Oh, my God, yeah. Rashad, <laughs> dude. I, I feel bad for Tanner Morgan without him, man. It would be uh... – <laughs> It'd be a tough season out like, there. Can I go to the league? <laughs> I want to be out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's transition in. Um, as far as sticking with football, the NFL, we obviously got a postponed game with uh, the Titans and Steelers. Uh, they moved the game, or they basically swapped bye weeks. Uh, the Steelers and the Titans will now play week seven. Uh, Baltimore and the Steelers will now play week eight, I believe. Instead of their mm-hmm. bye, it, it was supposed to be flip flop before they played week seven. But um, I mean, what do you think of that? It, it sounds like this bus driver, who was here in Minnesota, had something to do with it. Got the whole Titans team <laughs> sick, and now they're scared the Houston Astros might be sick as well. What do you guys think of that? Can can we hire him for like when the Packers <laughs> come back into town? Could be too bad. No, if I'm it is the bus that. driver, that's 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 ridiculous, and I'm sure that he'll get probably get fired that company will something will happen to them but um i mean the for postponing the game luckily it worked out because i mean what are their other options like put it at the end of the season just cancel it and then it's like well who gets a w who doesn't and yeah it's the nfl they also didn't do a great job of trying to contain everything in either like a bubble or some type of situation so i'm not surprised that a team got bit me neither what do you think of q uh, I think the same, you know, it's obviously it's a little tougher with NFL players, you know, to kind of have that bubble format just because so many players. But then again, you know, there's so much opportunity out here to, you know, contract the the virus. And it's mm-hmm. it, it's unfortunate, but I feel like they're doing an OK job of keeping the numbers down. But, you know, at some point, I think it's, you know, there's going to be a couple cases here and there, but. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, obviously, you pray for the best. You know, I'm sure we'd like the season to go on, and I, I know a couple of people who would who doesn't mind if the season were canceled. But right, <laughs> we won't, we're not going to say any names. <laughs> right, uh, and like that's I saw now that at least I, I want to say it's an NFL mandate where on bye weeks, like nobody's allowed to go on vacation. Like everybody's got to stay home. Like teams are saying you can't pretty much can't leave your house unless it's a team event and like all meetings are virtual now, which they weren't before, but yeah, it's, they're kind of putting the hammer down because they don't want the last thing you need is a season getting canceled for their perspective. Absurd. That's absurd. And, and what was that Raiders charity event thing you were talking about? Tevin? Oh, the, so it was like, I think it was Derek Carr and uh, their tight end. Uh, what's his name? Waller. They went and they did some sort of charity event and raised a bunch of money. Like it was for a good cause, but like they went there and like they were taking pictures with like no masks on and like they weren't as like strict about it. And so now they, I want to say, because the Raiders had somebody test positive, and so they're like trying to make sure that like it didn't trace back to there. But yeah, they're saying like, hey guys, we need to take this seriously. Like we get it, it's for charity. Like be involved if you have to be, but we got to make sure that we keep everybody on the straight and narrow. No kidding. And then, like, and I want to say, like, some of their teammates said something because there were, like, one guy was, uh, he's, like, homeschooling his daughter 
because he's like his he doesn't let his family leave the house at all he's like yeah i homeschool my kid because i don't want her to go out and get it and then bring it back to me and i bring it to my team he's like if we're trying to win championships and keep playing and making money we got to make sure we take this serious well the raiders are on something else if they think they're playing for a championship i don't know oh no yeah they got a new stadium, not necessarily a new team and uh, <laughs> new expectations. Still lacking, still lacking hope, but they got a new stadium. I heard this week they're starting uh, Hunter Renfro. Uh, sounds like Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs are out. They might call you, Tevin. They might ask you to come play a little <laughs> hey, I'll, outside I'll for them. I'll dust off the cleats. I, we, we ain't running that 4-5 no more. But I never close. knew you ran a 4-5. I thought it was 4-8. Don't, don't disrespect me. <laughs> we put on some pounds, but I, I'll still I'll still get it out there and boogie. <laughs> well, let's jump into the NBA playoffs. What you guys think about game one? Exactly what I expected. Um, so what? it was. It you was... expected that 13-0 run oh. at the beginning? Let me let me uh, let me let me explain. I expected the Heat to come out with energy, which they did. Thirteen zero run, not necessarily. Um, I really did expect the Lakers to, you know, take that run. You know, capitalize on their side in the second half. And towards the second half, you realize that they can't handle them in the paint. Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard at the same time, that's just too much. Bam Adebayo cannot contain both of them by themselves. They had points where Jay Crowder was trying to guard Anthony Davis. N- never. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They went to Anthony Davis maybe seven to eight times out of the first 10 possessions, and he was scoring. You know, it's like you're not going to stop him, especially not with the personnel that you have. And, I mean, I was on the spread, four and a half points, easy money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, and I think, obviously, losing Dragic and uh, Bam, that doesn't help. But I feel like if you're going to try and guard, what they put their two bigs in, you have to be either go complete opposite and go small ball and say, we're just going to outshoot you and make you take one of those bigs out. Or, like, they don't have – who they have other than Bam that's going to come in and guard somebody. Like, nobody. If Dwight Howard's giving you buckets down low – you got a problem because he's not known for his offensive dominance at this point in his career. I just can't believe that. I mean, they really are living and dying by the three, and they really died by it. I mean, mm-hmm. Tyler Hero wasn't really with it. Uh, Duncan was over three, I think. Um, yeah. If they could have hit a couple three balls, they would have been all right. But they were they just clanking. Brick yep. City. I mean, Tyler was not a bucket. He was a brick. And uh, (laughs) I I know right now, I know right now with with the way things are going, like Jimmy's a very confident guy, but I mean, he rolled his ankle bad during that game. I can't believe he still played. And when I saw it, I mean, it just gave out. Um, But pressure creates diamonds. They might might get a game here. I, you know, I, I'd like to think Jimmy's good enough to steal one at some point, but LeBron, I think, is just too dialed in. Like he's different. He's this mo- He's like thirty-five. How old is he? He's old. Like he's old. Old. He's been in the league like twenty he's years. Not old. He's, he's just old at hoops. <laughs> old at hoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, not like old, but he's whatever. Twenty years in the league, something like that. That's that's a lot of miles. And in the finals every other year. Crazy part about him too, though, is he could easily play till he's forty-five. He's got that game where yeah. he could just—he could rewind. Uh, and uh, I'm calling it now. If LeBron wanted to, he could finish his career on that Carlos Boozer path and finish as a power forward or a small ball oh, five. Yeah. 
and just be yeah. unbelievable still. Because the crazy part is, is like he's still getting by on being just more athletic and better than everybody. Whereas he hasn't had to dip into that old man crafty game to survive like a Vince Carter did at the end of his career. Like he still hasn't hit that point. And so once he hits that point, he could tech, he could probably play like three years after that. So he, he could be in the league another eight years if he wanted. So I'm, I'm pretty curious on this and I'm very biased as far as in LeBron's perspective for this. So I think he could also play until he's in his, you know, uh, low mid forties just from how he plays. But then again, from a selfish statistical standpoint, I don't think he's going to ruin his points and average assists just for wanting to play. But then again, Bronny is uh, not too far away from the NBA himself. You know, he has a couple years left of high school, and who knows if they might try to play together. I think that's that's for sure on the table. I think that's he ain't leaving until that's happening for sure. I've thought that's the the plan from day one. It's never been done. It's only been done baseball, and I don't know. I doubt football, but I I mean I don't think it's even possible for football. No, probably not. Just because they have the you have to be in college for three years, that just extends the time. But yeah, not unless somebody's having babies hella early in their life. There's no. Yeah. Plus, plus players don't play as long in the NFL depending on what position you're playing. Like, right. obviously, a running back is not going to see – they'd be lucky to see their cousin in that. <laughs> Just the odds of having a professional athlete father and son combination, like, those are already rare enough whether they play in the league together or not. Man, I'd, I'd love to see Bronny and Braun on the same if, squad, though. If, if Bronny and Braun, whether they play together or not – do you think that they have the potential to be like the best father-son professional athlete duo in the history of sports? Like, would they outdo like the Mannings in football? No, God, I don't know if that's possible. No, because one, we have three Mannings. You know, Archie, Eli, Payton. And we're about like, to have a fourth. There's about to be Arch, who's about to be better than all of them. Who? Arch is their nephew, and he's a sophomore in college. First game of the year. Threw four touchdown passes and ran for one. He's been starting since like eighth grade. He's a freak. He's already like six five. Looks just like Peyton. Yeah, that family is uh, very talented. And that's Cooper's because even kid. Cooper was supposed to go to the NFL if he didn't have a spine problem. Because even if even if Le- uh, Bronny is just an average NBA player, like LeBron is so was so good at, or is so good at basketball that I think it could make the argument for close. But yeah, I don't know that like. Bronny would be as good as Eli Manning was at football. Bronny's. I'm curious to see what he's going to be like. He's still so young; it's hard to tell. Yeah. Doing. He was on a team where it was so stacked. Stacked. Like so stacked. I don't even. He got all the attention because he's LeBron's kid. But I mean, there was Mm -hmm. kids who were top five players in the country on that team, and I think it was multiple top five players. Yeah, it was it was a lot, and just to make a, a point on that team, Dwayne Wade's son wasn't even playing on that team, so yeah. that, that's one thing. So you know how talented the team is. If his son's not playing, he was making kind of a couple statements saying that he wasn't going to show up to the game in their playoffs because his Zaire wasn't playing. But I mean, you know, yeah. And if if your dad is Dwayne Wade and he can't pressure your coach into giving you some tick. They, that's how you know your team is stacked. <laughs> it wasn't wasn't Bronny like the sixth man on the team. I don't even think he started. Yeah, I think that's what it was because I remember when they came here and played. Uh, 
Jalen. Uh, Jalen Suggs' team. And Chet they, uh, Yeah. Then everybody was the like, yeah, they were like, oh, we came to see because we thought Bronny was going to ball out. And they're like, sat down to the bench the whole game. Like, he didn't even really do anything. Yeah. Which, whatever. He's still a great player. But, yeah, people were a little disappointed. Who won that my, game? I have no idea. I better. I, think, I, I wonder if it's Jalen and, and Chet. I, I thought it was Bronny's team, but maybe not. My favorite Bronny story is when he was like, this was like three years ago, and he was like in an AAU tournament, and somebody asked him like why he didn't pick the same number as his dad, and he was like, "Yeah, I just don't want people to like know that it's me, like that's my dad." And then somebody was like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense because they're not gonna know that." And now starting for this AAU team, LeBron James Jr., <laughs> they're gonna be like, "Who's that?" <laughs> Oh, someone else's kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what What's the game two predictions for the Heat and the Lakers? So I think the it'll kind of be a similar setup. You know, obviously early in the game, you're going to have a little advantage because you're not down, and they're going to come out with energy. They're going to be missing a couple players, but I think maybe the first five minutes, Lakers set the tempo, I mean, I saw the point spread was about eight and a half points uh, tonight. So I think they cover the spread again easily. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the Heat probably like uh, Butler will give it a good, the old college try and fight, but I don't think he's enough to get game two. I think the whole team will probably be a little bit more dejected and come out maybe a little flat. And then hopefully in game three, if Bam can come back, we'll see something happen. But yeah, they might get swept. It's tight on him. Do you think uh, Tyler and, and Duncan got uh, a little shy due to the stage? Do you think that, that's why they came out rocky? I don't think uh, due to the stage. I think more so because, you know, every level that you go up in the, the playoffs, you know, not even every level or every round, every game, there's adjustments being made and things are tight. You know, they, mm. they made a conscious effort of not leaving Duncan. I was watching the game like really close and every time the ball was weak side and they drove towards the paint, it was either Danny green or KCP. He was, they were not leaving Duncan in the corner. Cause usually that's weak side help. And then, you know, you leave that person open for a shot. That's probably not the person you're going to leave open. So, you know, they tighten up on defensive adjustments a lot more and he really didn't have clean looks like he did in the first round, second round. You know, the the handoff ball screen, that action, you know, their automatic switch. Like, there's no confusion on the defensive side because, I mean, look at the atmosphere. So it's going to be tougher for them to get those clean looks. But when they do, it'll open up things for other uh, teammates. I still think yeah. a big thing, too, there was KCP was on fire. I don't think that's going to happen all series. He, I don't know. He must have had his Wheaties that morning because he, he turned it up. <laughs> But I don't, I don't yeah. see that happen. I mean, that definitely was a turning point because every time that he did something, he'd splash a, a three in their face and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of bring them back to reality. Um, but if, if them two white boys get going, the Heat might have a, <laughs> might get a surprise game going. I mean, those two, yeah. the two that I think the, the whole series hinges on for them even getting a game. Yeah, and it, I think it too kind of – you have to learn to become a champion. Like LeBron didn't just step in and, yeah, he dominated his whole career, but he had to go down to Miami before winning a championship. So it might be one of those situations where 
you know, you guys kind of more or less took the league by storm early in the bubble and rode that wave. And then now it's, you know, you got to have to take this lump and come back next year, realizing what it takes to overcome a, become a champion. Well, they bring on Embiid in next year. They might, they might have, they might have yeah. the ring locked up. Yeah. Cause well, I don't know. Do you think Doc is going to try and ship out Embiid, or do you think he'll keep the team kind of as is and say, I can teach you guys how to win? That that rumor that that Rashad guy is putting out there is that Doc's trying to trade Ben Simmons for the number one overall pick to draft LaMelo Ball. I don't want Ben Simmons or LaMelo Ball on the Timberwolves. I'm, I want I'm Ben sorry. Simmons. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want Ben Simmons. I'm tired. I, sign me up for that deal. I'm tired of the – my point guard can't shoot the rock, Minnesota Timberwolves. Who's Ben Simmons going to distribute to? Uh, D'Lo? Uh, Cat? His boy? D'Lo was his teammate in high school. Dude, I, I know, but it's – I just – I would rather see Anthony Edwards, to be honest with you. I'm trying to see God. a walking bucket. So you just want to keep losing. I, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of losing. It's been, been, been uh, 30 years might have to, for me. We might have to ship out. Cat, we might have to hit the whole reset button. Oh my god! Like if we don't start putting some shooters on the court, it might be tight on us. Because Cat's not gonna just met, like will us to a championship on his own. He needs Hell no! And I, I mean, I would trade Cat and D'Lo for Ben Simmons right off the bat if that was my only choice. Oh my ben Simmons gosh. is the next LeBron. Oh, I like my it, gosh. once he figures out that jump shot, he will be an MVP candidate. He will be. How long are you gonna give him to figure it out, though? Great question, because it's been some some time, and I've been seeing stuff on Instagram like last summer, like he was in the gym working on the shot, and it's like, okay, you can practice these things mm-hmm. by yourself, but when you're on the court, you know, in a the five on five situation, you you just have to have the confidence to shoot the shot. It might not go in, but at least believe in yourself you know, that you can take that shot. That's, I feel like that's step one, you know, you yeah. have confidence in yourself to shoot it. And then, you know, eventually they'll fall at least make the defense be honest. And like, <laughs> Oh, he's going to take the shot. Although you're probably going to hit the corner of the fucking backboard, <laughs> but it's it, <laughs> at least try. Dude, like that was that game. Like, uh, was it must've been last year where it was early in the season, and he had, like shot a three pointer like the first time he touched the ball, and his whole like the whole team like stood up on the bench and was like, "Yeah, you can actually shoot the ball. Like you're not just going to dribble and try to get a layup." All I'm saying is, if he's in a Wolves jersey, I will gladly stand up and start clapping whenever he decides to try to shoot threes. Just oh, bring yeah. him to the Wolves, keep Cat, keep D'Lo. Then when we got the three of them. Let's somehow do some texting under the table in the group message to D Book to force his way out. We'll pay the luxury tax for all four to be on the same squad. Um, Let's make it happen. I'm calling it here. Let's. I, I don't know. We Booker because he's under contract, so I don't. Well, they all are. Really, but you can really have to. I, I googled this before something. we got on here. You can have a max of six max players on a team, but you got to yeah. pay the luxury tax. Yeah. So the. No, I don't, uh, the Golden State Warriors were paying, I think, $15 million extra every year for their guys. I mean, sign me up. I guarantee we sell out all the seats. Let's make this happen. Oh, yeah. But I think the Booker thing, we'd have to trade pretty much the whole team to uh, the Suns in exchange for them. But I don't think they're going to let him go. And honestly, I think – I don't know that Simmons would be a great fit with D'Lo and – 
Oh man, I think Cap. Be great probably kid. not. I think uh, Ben Simmons, he's too ball dominant, and he's not a shooter or really a score. He's like a ball dominant facilitator. So it's like he needs the yeah. ball, but then again, D'Lo is all of the above. Like he can shoot, he can score, he can distribute, and that's who needs to be having the ball primarily. Yeah, and I think in Philadelphia, one of the big things was Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons would always like want to be in the post. And so I think that we would run into that a little bit with Cat. Cat does like to be on the perimeter a lot, but I think that whenever he tried to go down low, right, which is you're seven feet. I get it. Go out and hit a three, but you're not exactly the quickest guy. Like, let's go down the post and get a couple couple easy ones already. And I feel like Ben could actually help out on the defensive side of the ball where Cat kind of. You know, he can't figure it out. I don't know if it's something he's not capable of doing or if he just doesn't like to do it. But I do think Ben would help, especially weak side, because, I mean, I spent all last, what, two, three years watching him just watch people score on him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Dude, we, they just need to help, uh, who's it, Malik Beasley hide his firearms. That's what, oh, that's, that's what we did. I, I, if, if this is true and we could really sacrifice the number one overall pick for Ben Simmons. You're doing it. Then, I so. like I said, you got to go hit up the book under the table and demand the trade. Obviously, Phoenix isn't going to say, yeah, we'll take Beasley, Culver, uh, Okogi. I, I mean, everybody we got minus Cat, Simmons, and D'Lo, right? Everybody. All of our future picks. Right. Of course, they're going to say no to that. But if D-Book's like, I'm not playing for you. I'm only going to one place. You got to let me go. I think you kind of put him in a corner. I got to jump in. I got to jump in quickly before anything else is said. Um, I hope Josh does not uh, get traded or anything like that happens. Josh Akogi? I'd love for him to stay too. I, I, I hope he gets an extension because he told me if he does, I can be his realtor. <laughs> so please stay stay home stay home stay home Timberwolves do us a favor and uh let me help him move into his dream home in Minneapolis right. you would like to move into your dream home in Minneapolis contact Q he'll, he'll help you out certainly certainly man and I, I love his energy I just you know how it is when you're trying to trade for a star if you that's just the way it is. Everybody's on the table. All the options are on the table. Um, some other news, though. Brooklyn, obviously, getting Steve Nash. KD's in there with Kyrie. You think they're going to go after a third star? What do you think is going to happen over there? Um, I mean, I think they're always looking to bring in stars. I thought the interesting thing was when they were asked about how their coaching strategy was going to be with uh, this next year – because who's it? Jason Kidd is out there, right? They uh, no, they Steve asked Nash. Kyrie. Or Steve, is it Steve Nash? Steve Nash. Yes, my Steve guy. Nash. Okay, Steve my Nash. bad. My bad. <laughs> Steve Nash. One of those white point guards. Uh, <laughs> Jay Kidd's mixed. Okay. He, you know what? <laughs> he. Whatever. We're gonna leave that one alone. Uh, Nash is anyway. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, just white. You know what all white people look like. Anyway, they uh. They were like, oh, it's going to be a collaborative effort on coaching. They're like, some days Kyrie's going to be the coach. Someday Kevin Durant's going to be the coach. So I think there's a very high probability that the wheels fall off the Brooklyn Nets next year. I would take the under on their win total if I'm betting, man, like you. 
I think, uh, I mean, that's a, a really unique perspective that they put it like, you know, we're going to be the coach one day, a collaborative coaching effort. But I mean, on the floor, that's kind of how it is. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, you got your leaders that are, you know, being very vocal out there. And I mean, those two are going to be the leaders of that team. So yeah, on the floor, maybe in timeouts, they say what they want to say and, you know, kind of this is what we need to do, fellas. And I feel like Steve Nash is super laid back. So, you know, he's he's going to let them do that. Like, that. he's a point guard, and, you know, point guards are normally vocal. So I feel like that'll be the case. But as far as, you know, developing the structure of the team, yeah, Steve Nash is going to be the guy to, to do that. Yeah. I think I think they're going to be fine, man. Uh, as long as KD's healthy, Kyrie stays healthy, I think they'll be a very good team. Um, I definitely think they're going to add to that team as well. Uh, you can't forget about Karras, and they still got DeAndre Jordan. Like they, they have a squad. Even if they keep Spencer Dinwiddie, like they, they have a roster. Yeah, um, gonna, they'll they'll compete for sure. Yeah, and and Steve Nash, I think, is just too good of a basketball mind. Do I think he's going to be a great coach? I don't know, but I don't think you yeah. have to be a great coach with a no. roster that's that talented. To be honest, step one, give the ball to KD. Step two, give the ball to Kyrie, and then everybody else is on your own after that. Like those are two guys that the second they step on the court can put it in the put it in. Step the three, just get out of the way. Let them do their thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I don't know. I, I am excited to watch them. I'm sad that KD, you know, is obviously hurt with the the Achilles deal, but. I am really mm-hmm. excited to see him back in basketball. I think people have really forgotten how great he is, and I think he's just going to remind people who Kevin Durant is. So mm-hmm. basketball needs him. Um, I miss watching him, and I think the league deserves to have him. I, I, I think it's going to be funny when a lot of these people who have been injured come back and you see a lot of these guys who were first-time All-Stars who are going to really kind of disappear. You know what I mean? Um I, I don't know if we're going to see a lot of – I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. East is a pretty weak, 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 weak conference. Right. Um, so I think a lot of things are about to change over there. Yeah. The the Jason Tatums and the – you know, even with the Heat, the Tyler Heroes of the world, like all those guys, you're not beating the Brooklyn Nets if they were fully healthy this year in the bubble. So you're not – like good for them because they got a lot of shine and they their talents really did – like showcase but i think next year you're going to do it in a losing effort to the brooklyn nets in a four-game series you're not going to have those extra rounds to kind of show what you got we'll see go ahead q i also think that uh that was kind of the easy way out for doc because let's be honest was he really going to leave the clippers and go to another team in the western conference right probably not Eastern Conference, that's really his only way back to a ship. And then he Mm -hmm. still has to really, you know, he's going to be challenged to get there in the East. Because, I mean, there's a few competitive teams. He's going to have to go through the Nets. The Celtics are still good. The Bucks will still make it, you know, second, third round at most. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, unless Giannis fixes some things and, you know, I don't see them going far unless he's hitting jump shots. They've yeah, the Eastern Conference has figured it out. I still can't mm-hmm. believe the Clippers got rid of Doc. I think that was the biggest bonehead move they could make. Doc's a great coach. Think, yeah, well, I think it was kind of a mutual yeah decision, right? He kind of said, "Yeah, I'm over this." I'm out. Well, I think they, I think the writing was on the wall, and they just walked away amicably. I don't think it was. Yeah. 
I don't think well, he was you, like, yeah, I want out. Yeah, and you got to think, like, if something's got to change. You're not going to get rid of Kawhi. You're not going to get rid of his boy, Paul George. Like, Paul George is the reason left. why they lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Paul George, yeah, where was he the whole bubble? I just want to know. I didn't see him. He was on the outside. He was getting I didn't some see pepper wings with Lou Williams. <laughs> Lay off P. <laughs> PG-13 was really, really not who he was supposed to be. Um, well, let's transition, too, because NHL and the MLB, you know, the Wild and the Twins, uh, you know, we, we've kept this uh, Minnesota blunder of not winning anything going. The streak is still alive. Um 18 Twin, Twins had had a roster too. I, I don't some bonehead plays. Um what what, what yeah. else can we say about it? I mean, I'll be the first to admit, haven't watched a lot of baseball over the course of my life, but I know this, the Twins this year had a lineup that all they did was hit dingers over the fence all year and then what, one run in the two games in the playoffs, like or well two runs, one each game. Like you gotta, you gotta be able to put some points up when you're, especially when that's the part of your team that was the strong point. Like, hey, we're the we're the Bomba Squad. All we do is hit dogs, and yeah. bats were quiet, and so they, it's hard to win when you can't score any runs. Do you follow much of the baseball queue? Uh, I follow some some games here and there. I mean, I kind of dibble and dabble on you know multiple sports as far as betting. So I, I have watched a few games and. In the season, I've watched the Twins, and they've looked very good. But postseason baseball is much different than just regular season. You see a lot of uh, mechanics tightened up. You know, teams got their best pitchers on the mound. And, you know, I watched uh, the first game, and I wasn't impressed at all by the, the Twins. You know, they they looked pretty confident at least the first half of the game, and then the Astros kind of came back and showed, you know, they do this, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't their first time around and they got a lot of firepower just as well. But, you know, in the playoffs, you know, the better team comes out on top. So good yeah. thing I had a uh, money line Astros. Glad we and how, lucky the 500. Astros. How, how lucky are they that they didn't have to deal with fans after the offseason scandal of cheating to win a World Series? Like you didn't have to go through that all year. Man, they should have been banned from the playoffs to begin with. Just just off of that. Right, but you know what? Like, I'm gonna be honest. I really wasn't mad about that. A, because every team is doing it. B, they just got caught. That is that is true. It's a lot like paying players in college for college athletes. Like, everybody's doing it. Is just did you get caught? But I think it was just the sheer like brazen out there cheating. That one, how did nobody catch on to this sooner? And two, like at least be smarter about. It. You're banging on trash cans and like. <laughs> Out on the field, like well, the dude's most shirt got ripped off and right. showed his thing on him. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, you know what though? So this brings another question to me. So, so what part of cheating is too too far of cheating? Like, um, let's say steroids. Are you okay with steroids in baseball? Clear, clearly, I think it's a very big difference. Come to football and basketball, or I don't even know if people would even yeah. risk doing steroids in basketball because you get injured probably easier and not be as agile. But football definitely will make a difference. Yeah. Baseball, I don't really care if you hit a home run or not. That's no, awesome. and I'd rather I'd rather, rather see it. a home run. Yeah, and and I think too steroids. Like last I checked, 
doesn't help your hand-eye coordination. Because you could be swole as you want to be. It still doesn't mean you're going to hit that white ball at all. Like, you're going to swing and miss. It's like, so you still have to be good enough to hit the ball. But, yes, steroids are going to help you get that a little bit further and whatnot. So, I mean, I'm pro, I guess, steroids. Baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it definitely you know, obviously has its pros and cons, as Tevin was saying. Hand-eye coordination, not so much, but strength and power, yeah. So there, there was a kid actually at Whitewater. He was on steroids, but he was playing soccer. So I don't know how much of a <laughs> an effect he's an enforcer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like six, six, five, six, six, probably like two. I'll say like two fifty forward. And we got Dwayne the Rock Johnson out here kicking the soccer. He was playing ball soccer. Like, did, did he deflate kid, the ball when he kicked it? Uh, I didn't go. I didn't go to any soccer games, so I didn't get a chance to see. But he looked like someone you didn't want to bump into, <laughs> especially going over for a, a small ball. So, dude, we—that's like when I was at NDSU, we had a guy. He wasn't on steroids, but if you would have told me he was on steroids, yes, a hundred percent. And he got drug tested. Justin Juckel, we'll give him a shout out. Oh he got—he got randomly drug tested like every week. And he like and he was like never on steroids or anything like that, but he was just like, yeah, it's definitely not random. They just picked the biggest dude that they could find because I think he went from his freshman year, he was probably like one eighty five or something like that, and then sophomore year, just brick house. And they were like, something might be up with him, but it was just that good old fashioned hard work. He was a farm kid, so oh, that farm strength. But yeah, that farm strength. But yeah, they're like, there ain't no such thing as a random drug test. <laughs> Well, well, let's rewind. I, I saw one bullet point we missed. Uh, Baller Edwards, who you taking? Or Wiseman. I mean, I, I low-key really like Wiseman, even though the big man's kind of gone. I think he's a very safe pick in this draft, although I think Ball is the most talented. But go ahead. Let me hear your takes, boys. From the, the Wolves' perspective, for sure I'm going with Ball. I, I just think uh, he has the higher ceiling as far as, you know, potential. You know, he, he proves he can play, he can score. He's a great passer, just like his brother. Going to be way better than his brother. And I, I just think overall he's going to fit the team a lot better. He, he'll he push the tempo, and he'll just – he'll grow as a player as he gets, you know, his, his years in the league. And I'm on the other side of things. I want Anthony Edwards. He is a bucket. We, I feel like Ball is definitely the safer pick as far as a well-rounded. He's going to facilitate, and even if he can't shoot at all, he can be a playmaker. But I think Edwards is the type of player where two years from now, he's going to be a star, and we'll be like, damn, there's another one that we missed out on. The only thing for me is, you know, Edwards is supposed to be a bucket, right? He's supposed to score. Mm-hmm. He does not shoot the three very well at all. It's, just, it's very bothersome because the Wolves specifically need somebody who can shoot the three. And if ball, you can't ball shoot, you've got to be able to do all well. the other things, which Ball can do. So that's what I'm asking. You know, personally, for me as a Wolves fan, I'd like to know this. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Edwards, I think a lot of his missed shots were a lot of bad shot selection. So if we can coach some of the bad, just the same with the ball. Half court. And so, but I, I just think that Edwards, he's drawn a lot of comparisons to like a James Harden type. Victor Oladipo type, and obviously, if he we know he's going to elevate to that level, no question you take him. But I think his 
I just like somebody that can score it rather than pass the ball. You know, so I got it right here. Uh, Anthony Edwards shot 29.4% from three, 40%. All right, from well, let's field. hold on because I heard some negative. What's Ball's shooting percentage? Because wasn't his like 21, 25. Or something like that? 25. So anyway, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, not great, but. The, the only difference is, is is some of ball shots might be him pointing at half court and shooting it in the middle of the game. <laughs> like, so, I mean, he might miss it? a few of those if you're doing that every now and then. Right. When he put up, what, like 90 in high school because he didn't play any defense and just chucked it from half court all but game. Another cool thing about his game, though, is he sees the game really well and he sees passing mm-hmm. lanes and he, he always comes up with big steals. I do love that about his game. And he's so long, bro. He might still grow another two inches. And I never realized he's six seven. I bet he's taller than that. Like, for I some reason, I always pictured him as still that little kid when Lonzo was going through like UCLA, and I'm like, this motherfucker—he's six seven now. Damn. Yeah, like he was—he was definitely like six one, six two around that time, and it's like he's—he's yeah. he's growing like ever since like his I don't know junior year in high school or before he started uh. I forgot what league uh, his Lavar like started. The Lithuania, all oh, the uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. that league. Where it was on Facebook Live all the time or whatever. Yep, like he was going through the growth spurt right there, and it's been like two, three inches a year since then. So that's what makes it scary because like his potential is, you know, still he's going. still still growing. You know. Do you think Lavar makes another miraculous comeback to the spotlight when Lamelo gets drafted? And- I think I, I think he's learning to shut the hell up. Is what I yeah, think he's learning to do. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think I think it's over for him. Uh, at yeah. least all the hype spotlight. Like he'll still be in the picture here and there, but he's not going to be on. Yeah. First take no more. He's not going to no. be on ESPN. Like. No. Well, after he told Molly Kieran Rose to stay in her lane, ESPN was like, "Yeah, we can't have you back here no more." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's burnt all the bridges over the. And you know what the sad thing is? I like Lam- or Lamar. He has some funny takes. Like he's entertaining. He he's, should be he like a, WWF or WWE or whatever. Like he'd be perfect personality oh, for wrestling. Well, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did uh, like an episode or a match yeah, or I mean, where he was he like showed up, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah, he definitely wasn't out there like fighting anybody, jumping off the top rope. But he at least you know did a little hype thing. He should just do like. I feel like he's just like a character of like a stereotypical black person. Like that, like that's what I feel like he's trying to be. Like, like he, he feels like a character of himself. Something? Yeah, I'm like, dude, are you like? There's no way this is you, but that's him. That's him. He's just so outrageous. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I am very impressed with the fact that those three boys have that as a dad and still seem very sane. Uh, Lamelo yeah. seems like the most out there of the three, though, which is very scary to me because uh, that man is—I mean, he's wild. Like Lamelo's the one that they're always reeling in, where Lonzo's the one who's very cool-headed, and, and Jello's the same way, very cool, calm, yeah. and collected. But Melo's pretty wild, so that scares me about him coming to Minnesota. To be honest, yeah, I mean, he's a young kid, so let him. Brownie's out here smoking weed on Snapchat, you know, Lamelo. He'll figure it out. He'll like, I remember what I was like as a, as a little kid. Like, you were smoking weed on Snapchat too? No, I was not smoking weed <laughs> on Snapchat. I was just seeing No, but you know, like, you just, when you're wilding out and, you know, partying, you think the world's at your feet. I could only imagine if I was a top NBA prospect how I would have been acting. But, you know, I think he'll, 
he'll chill. And he's not as bad as Lavar. Le- no, but yeah, yeah. I just hope if he comes here, he doesn't wreck everything. Like, I mean, stuff's already been wrecked. I just want things to start working. Just start yeah. working, please. All right, let's yeah. let's bust into some of the bets of the week. Q, uh, what are your locks? What are your upsets? What are your games to avoid? What to watch for this weekend? Um, so there's some very interesting lines this week. Uh, I do see we have the Saints-Lions matchup, and that is a three-point spread in the favor of the Saints. Um, I would actually take that this week. The Saints, uh, they're coming off of a, a pretty interesting game last week, and Michael Thomas is back. No, he's out. He's out? Oh, I saw he was practicing. So they said he's practicing, sure. but they just called him out today. Say, they thought he was going to be there, but yeah. they just ruled him out. Yeah, just well, happened, like, maybe in the last hour. Either way, I'm still rolling with them. I don't think the Lions, <laughs> I don't think the Lions will compete with them, uh, at least within three points. But then again, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's interesting this week. Um, the lock of the week. You freeze on us, Q? I'm going to say that's an under just because I don't see the Vikings putting up enough points to make hey, you, that Hey, you froze on us a little bit. Go back. You said, you said the lock of the week, and then you froze on us. I wish I screenshotted that because it was hilarious. So – the the total score of the the Vikings okay and Texans this week is fifty four, and I don't think the Vikings put up enough points to reach that fifty four. I think it'll be more so of a maybe a 28-10, 28-17 type of game. Okay, I can so see that. That's yep. the that, that's my lock of the week. Is there, are there any games that you're, like, too close to call that you're on the fence about that are the most intriguing for you? So this is very intriguing for me. I, there's a, <clears throat> a thing called a teaser. So pretty much you can get six points in your favor of whichever way of, of the line you want. So the Seahawks versus the Dolphins. Uh, minus six spread for the Seahawks. So I was going to tease that down to a half point. So basically the Seahawks just have to win. I don't see the Seahawks losing to the Dolphins. So we'll put that down to a half point. Same thing with the Chiefs versus Patriots. Um, Seven points spread. Going to tease that down six points minus one Chiefs. Chiefs will win that game. They're rolling. They're hot right now. I think it'll be competitive just because Cam, you know, they're playing well but the Chiefs are just too much. And then lastly, the Buccaneers versus the Chargers, minus seven, tease that down to minus one. So basically the Buccaneers winning. So those three teams right there. So how, where's the back end of your teaser, though, on that game? Say that again? You have to have two bets, right? Um, you can put uh, as many teams as you want. So two okay. – Two to, I think it's like 16 is the max or something like that. Okay. So three teams, That's that was my idea. Those three right there, easy wins. I like so you said like. Chiefs, Saints, and Houston? Yeah. Um, so Houston was the under. He, he thinks that the points will go under. Yeah. And then he's so, saying okay. that the, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, uh, Bucks, oh, Seahawks and the Seahawks. Is the other one. Yep, as a three-team yeah. teaser, but – yeah, the under, so under for the Vikings. 
we're gonna keep track of these. And we're gonna see where we shake out next week. We're gonna cue the uh, the the football betting savant, an elite <laughs> gambling mind. I'm, yeah, I'm really good. excited to actually see uh, low key between us, which is not going to probably be. I mean, it's a game that's not going to be meaningful, but I'm I'm a pretty big fan of this Joe Burrow, and I like to yes. see him and Minshew go at it this weekend. Uh, the Bengals and the Jaguars, I think, are, is going to be a really fun game to watch. Um, Joe Mixon might even have a game this year. It might be his only hundred yard season <laughs> game of the year, so he might be fun to watch. Um, the Bengals got a shot, though, to, to, to really take the, the head off here and get their first win. Um, I'm scared that the, the Browns are going to get squashed by the Cowboys, but you never know. It's the Cowboys. They love to keep us entertained. I know that's your team, mm-hmm. Q. Um, I'm sorry they're not always very good. Um, but maybe they go 500 this weekend. You don't know. They might. <laughs> um, and then the Ravens should just crush Washington. What's the spread for that Washington game? So that is a 14-point spread, and Ooh. I will not be touching that game. No. That's just yeah. too many points for me, and, you know, there's too many backdoor covers nowadays, and, nah, just I'm not interested. You just want to be on the right side of the, on the fix, right? Always. Right. That's all, right. I need some inside information. Let me know who I'm supposed to bet the house on this. <laughs> uh, just, just don't do it on uh, whenever Goskowski's kicking. That's the only thing you need to know. He's been clutch lately. Yeah, now that he's on the right side of the fix, nobody's paying him. Nobody's paying him. That's why he started hitting kicks. Man. Um, Did you guys watch the Thursday night game last night? I was on on the the Broncos. The the NFL might be up to something with putting the, like, just two trash teams together on a Thursday night, and then somehow we've got good games. Like, it was a close one last week. this last night, and then was it uh, the Browns and the Bengals a few weeks ago? That was a close game. So it's like teams that normally I'm not interested in watching at all, but they're still producing like great games. Sam Darnold had a ridiculous run in the first quarter, 46 yards. Yeah, it was like, like making people back. miss. Look at out here, like Lamar Jackson running around. Your boy Just... Mel got his nuts squashed. I mean, is he doing okay? Did you talk to him? Is he icing them things? Right. I, I have not, but uh. Uh, I'm sure he's fine. He, he got two touchdowns on the board. He made some fantasy oh, yeah. happy. So he's yes, he's, he did. He's good. <laughs> uh, Mel's my guy now. He he came through for your boy last night. <laughs> and you got the uh, the Colts and the Bears, which could be an interesting game actually. Um, Big Dick Nick, does he pull it off? I don't know. Does <laughs> Philip Rivers show up? I don't know. Does T. Y. Hilton get his first touchdown of the year? I don't know. But I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Um, again, the Saints and the Lions, the Saints should kill the Lions. It shouldn't even be a competition. The Cardinals should kill the Panthers. Shouldn't be a competition. Uh, the Bucks and the Chargers, the Chargers, I don't know. Can you get more hurt? I don't know. Probably. I guess we'll see. Um, Giants and Rams, Rams should run all over them. Uh, Bills, Raiders. I could honestly see the Bills getting their first loss this weekend. I don't know why. John Gruden sometimes does that. I don't know. Even though they have no starting receivers, they're calling Tevin to play outside this weekend. Hey. But they might get a dub. I don't know. Yeah. But the Raiders, the Raiders are like a very intriguing team because on paper, and obviously they're hurt now, but on paper, they got some names. They look like, yo, they should be all right. And then they step on the field and somehow it just doesn't work out. But yeah, they once they get healthy again, I think that Josh Jacobs, uh, 
car, rugs. Like that's a that's a solid core. I think that who knows if it doesn't work out, Waller, Waller will be gone. For getting there, Darren Waller. Oh yeah, Waller. I mean Renfro. He's he's playing well when he gets in the run. Like and their defense. I mean if they went to trade away Khalil Mack, they they would have a, a better defense. But you know it is what it is. That uh, that it hurts them. I think that Jonathan Abrams, their safety, who's a stud, I think he's out actually with like a sprained shoulder or something. Um, mm-hmm. but again, when you talk about on paper, the only name that that comes to my mind that really gets me going is John Gruden. And if you have that guy on your yeah. sideline, I think you got a shot. And I think the Bills, it could be upset city, considering they're they they're the kind of team that has to be running real hot. Mm-hmm. And I just I think it's at Las Vegas. And the fix is always on in Vegas, baby. It's always on in Vegas. So I, I can see that being a big upset. Um, the Eagles, I think, will still get smashed by the 49ers, even though the whole team is hurt. Um, well, the Falcons they, against Green Bay. I really hope the Falcons get their first dub because I can't stand the Packers. Um, shout out to all our Packer listeners. I really hope you guys get a big fat L this weekend. Yes, sir. And then, yeah, again, uh, impressive. The Broncos won and their whole team was hurt. I did not see that coming. So the fix must have been on. Yeah, I had the Broncos money line, so that was perfect. That's yeah. great. Is, is Flacco, is he hurt? No, well? he's he's going to be he's the starting bad, quarterback right? now. Yeah, he's Cause, just bad. Because Driscoll, I'm like, that, like, you guys are putting who out? Flacco's not with Super the Broncos guy. He's with the Jets. He played for the Jets last night. That's Where what I'm talking you, about. You haven't even been go. watching. Sorry, I got my I'm, – I'm, I'm worked up right now, okay? Flacco – sorry, was with the Broncos. And what it is is on DraftKings, he has his Broncos jersey on because they didn't bother taking a picture okay. with him because they're like, you ain't going to run with – get any play for us anyway. But how bad are you – like, you like you went, you were a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, Super Bowl MVP, correct? He had a neck surgery. They didn't think he'd come back. He missed, like, the first – I think this last night was his first game back, and he actually found Tick. And they're saying Darnold's got a sprained shoulder in his throwing shoulder that he's going to be out mm-hmm. and Flacco's going to start next week. So that dude gets yeah. rushed into – Well, yeah, Sam Darnold was running around like he was just indestructible. He, there was a couple <laughs> plays where he slid super late, and I was like, dude, you're going to get your head taken off if you don't get down. Like, you have so, to protect yourself. Somebody needs to tell him he isn't Josh Allen. He needs to just – Right. Run. Dude, and, and one more thing before we, we wrap this up. Everybody needs to tune in. 2.30 Eastern time, maybe, Pacific time. I don't know. Sometimes tomorrow afternoon, NDSU Bison, the one game that they're going to play this year, Central Arkansas at the Fargo Dome. Trey Lance is putting on his audition to be the Vikings' next quarterback. <laughs> Here we go, Trey. In Trey, we trust. We're tanking for Trey this year. And when is that? Uh, they play Central Arkansas tomorrow. They're going to absolutely just wax the floor with them. But they were allowed to play because of coronavirus one game outside of the conference and so they're playing central arkansas and it's gonna be a bloodbath all right if i see the lines i'm gonna i'm gonna take them oh hit the over they they always cover leave it to NDS. it'll always <laughs> look shaky it'll look shaky in like the first quarter and then they just overpower everybody the rest of the game but who knows about tomorrow there i think they just come out with too much energy and trey this is one chance to put on a show and say y'all i'm making it to the league Hey, hit up Trey. Get him on the show. We'd love to talk to him. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him around. All right. All right, boys. That was a good episode. Um, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Peace. Peace.